0: Welcome to the SQology Podcast brought to you by Resonix Sound Solutions, the very best in automotive sound treatment and the North American distributor of Accuton Automotive and Micro Precision. Today, we're interviewing the man himself, Nick Apicella of Resonix. If you want to check out their website, uh, ResonixSoundsolutions.com, uh, there's a link in the description. A lot of what Nick has done and what he's been able to accomplish through Resonix, I've learned a lot about the different sound treatment materials and what they're doing with that and how to use it. And they've also got a lot of resources for tuning and education and a lot of different things. So definitely check out their website. No matter what products you use, uh, there's a lot, lot to learn there, but obviously... Nick has a lot of great products that he's offering there. And uh, we're going to discuss that more today with the interview with him and our co-host, Ben Zimmerman. Thank you much. I'm here with Ben Zimmerman again. Hi, Ben. Hi. And Nick, is it Apicella? Apicella. Yeah. I look at that. So I did it better than half the people presenting awards. Yeah. Where do you stake your claim as far as
1: you are Nick Apicella with who and what Resonic Sound Solutions first and foremost, and I am firing up Apicella Auto Sound again. I guess you could say, but little little different than before. I guess we can, you know, get into that later. Sure. But uh, yeah, I'm Nick Apicella, owner, founder, operator, janitor of Resonic Sound Solutions. See, I always
2: said Resonics. I'm, I'm I'm happy to hear you say. I'm happy to hear you say it the correct way. Now I now
1: I will try and correct myself every time I say it wrong. Well, if you think about it, you know, the name Resonix is a play on two words. Rezo, resonance, and nix, like getting rid of. So you're nixing resonance. So you combine those two words together, you get Resonix.
2: Oh, I, all I heard was getting rid of Nick.
1: Yeah. Nick nix.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nick's Nick. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I'll stop interrupting. No, that's your, that's your
0: job. That's the whole reason you're here. <laughs> Backing up. 18 or 19 months what got
1: you into car audio jesus christ 18 or 19 months (laughs) kidding so what got me into car audio first and foremost for some reason was always into having good earbuds in high school don't know why not even that they were good at the time but i was always interested in having you know something that was better than what came with an ipod and then from there my cousin got a subwoofer installed in his truck and he would give me a ride to high school. He was a senior at the time, and I was in eleventh grade. You know, and I was sitting in the back of his truck, and I'm like, "Man, this is too too much bass. Like, why don't you you know flatten it out a little bit so mm-hmm. we can hear the music?" And that's kind of where I always look back at that as like, "Oh, I was always into enjoying you know music, I guess." relatively accurately mm-hmm. from there another one of my good friends got you know basic radio and subwoofer in his car and then a few months later I got my first car and I was like yeah I'm gonna immediately start ripping this apart <laughs> and get myself some Sony explodes nice and yeah those are my first subs some nice red hexagon or whatever Sony explodes with a Sony explode amp and uh, it all kind of spiraled out of control. <laughs> yeah. Nice sealed enclosure. Took up every bit of trunk room that I had.
2: <laughs> it's funny you said that as as part of your, your intro, of how you got into it, because like thinking back, like all my other like non car audio friends who have car audio, it's the same way. It's just all stock, everything. And then boom, 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 boom. Like, yeah.
1: Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. But it quickly like it really quickly spiraled. I guess you could say out of control. Cliff, did you just fart?
0: No, that was... uh, I I, I heard Cliff's
1: kid getting home. Yeah, exactly. That was my
0: son's uh, Honda Accord. Oh, nice! (laughs) It sounded exactly like a Honda Accord, too. (laughs) From when I was 16, actually. Yeah, Yeah, you probably were 16 when that... yeah, Or thereabouts, Mm -hmm. when it
2: was actually a current Honda Accord. I had an 89 Accord that I think was the same generation as your kids. His is 94, so... Oh, nice! Yeah. Now
1: I have to look up the but, generations
2: and see. But uh.
0: <laughs> I want—I want to say those are two different generations. But anyway, what got you got that far with having a system and some boom and some Xplod and and those kinds of things? What got you wanting to do more, wanting to get deeper into it?
1: Good question. I—I I really don't know what made me keep going for more. I think because one of my friends, um, Matei, he kept pushing me to do more, and we kind of were two car audio buddies like doing it together mm-hmm. you know it just kept more and more and more base and then i think one day i think i just randomly across google found a build log on the diy mobile audio forums mm-hmm. by um i forget what his user oh it was by Bowdown. uh his name's justin uh still friends with them to this day but i came across his build log and you know he was doing a spare tire well subwoofer like but actually built into his tire really interesting he was doing a pillars with uh like planner tweeters and i was like what the Mm. hell is this Mm. and i was like i was just like so intrigued like so mind blown i was like what even is this this is wild like what is going on over here what is this guy doing and i i read like you know 10 pages of whatever he was doing. And I was like, this place is crazy. These people are talking about stuff that I don't even know what the words are. And I got to, I got to see what the hell's going on here. And that's kind of where it really all took a nosedive into chaos. (laughs) You have
0: competed off and on here and there, but you were working in the industry before you competed, correct?
1: I think it kind of started at the same time okay. i did it I did i guess you could say an apprenticeship only because I didn't get paid <laughs> <laughs> at a at a shop in Manhattan back in i don't remember what year it was, but I was twenty one years old. I just turned twenty one and was doing like an apprenticeship there, and then you know I did that for the spring and summer and into the fall, and then winter rolled around and you know I don't know if anyone listening to this snowboarding is my first hobby over everything and as soon as winter came around i was like see you guys later i'm going snowboarding for the winter and spring rolled back around you know got a normal job and then winter and then spring again and you know a couple years later you know i was still friends with the guys there one of the one one day pete the uh lead installer there at the time called me back and he was like hey you want to come work here again i was like well i never worked there i (laughs) i uh did manual labor there but I didn't technically work there and he's like well you would you know you'd get paid this time and I was like this time all right yeah and I was like all right yeah cool let's let's go so I did the same thing you know I worked there I was you know installing I was um, and they also really wanted me to come on because uh, one of the one of the guys there was retiring and he was like a sales guy like working up front so they, they were having me bounce back and forth doing both And then, you know, again, winter rolled around again and I got out of there and sorry, see you later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And after that winter, I was working, sorry, my cat is meowing right behind me. I don't know if you could hear that. yep That winter I was working for the local mountain doing film and photography and also started, I got my feet wet working with a magazine as well, uh, Transworld Snowboard Magazine and this is it. Like, this is what I really want to do. I want to be in the snowboard industry doing, uh, filming and photographing. Okay. And you know, the end of the winter rolled around and I was like, all right, I don't have a job lined up. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to do installs out of my driveway. And that's when I started Apicella Auto Sound back in March of 2017. Okay. Yeah. So that's probably about
0: the time that we kind of first, met in real life right like during uh SVR, yeah because you had the yeah prius? yeah i had the civic or so no, that was
1: kevin okay yeah kevin had the prius kevin worked for me okay. uh he had the prius and yeah that first year i think we met for the first time. i think we we obviously knew who each other were right but um
0: but there's everybody has to know there's two nicks they probably figured that out by now there's the nick online Who's kind of a jerk. And then there's the real Nick that you meet in real person. You're like, who's this guy? I've never met this guy before. I, I, I was going with asshole. I,
2: right. You said jerk. Wow. Come on, man.
1: Well, I'm I just
2: very. was French for asshole. I thought.
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny. But no, I mean, I, I guess it more so comes down to I, I will admit I definitely have a lack of patience during certain parts of my life where I'm just like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, lack of patience and just being quick and like matter of fact, like a lot of people say is like, yeah, he, he's just matter of fact. And like, that's just the way I go about kind of everything. It's, you know, there's no need for details in between. It's just, you know, let's get to the point. And a lot of people online take it the wrong way, but then they meet me in person. And it's like, oh, wait, you're not a dick. Interesting. (laughs) It's like, no, it's like, you know, it's, you that's my, that's my persona, man. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and I, I will say it was, you meet a lot of people who, you know, online and they put out this persona and, and they know it all, whatever.
1: And I'm not saying you do that, but I mean, you had a, Oh, I definitely did. I definitely did. I will, I'll be the first person to admit that I definitely did.
0: But at the same time, then when I heard your car, I was like, I think I even said I was like, "This is I'm su- this is surprisingly good. This was enjoyable. Like it, it it didn't. No,
1: it wasn't back then. The Civic was not that good.
0: It was better than I expected.
1: Yeah, it, it was it was decent. Better than sixty um, to eighty hertz. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it it did its thing, but it was it was a basic install. Yeah. Like I always and and I don't know, I don't know, Cliff. Do you have any background being like an actual installer in a shop? Not installing now. Okay, so. It's like the installer's curse. You know, when you're working on other people's cars around the clock, you never ever yeah. get to really put oh, yeah. effort into I'm your sure. own car. I do get to know a bunch of installers <laughs> yeah. with the same same <laughs> situation. Yes.
2: Including every every
1: installer. Damn <laughs> yeah. near every installer. It wasn't it wasn't until I got my Volvo, damn near every installer. I didn't say every installer.
2: I, I was gonna say I, I know a few who have some some pretty pretty nice systems. Yeah, but, but then I they they have employees now, that they have yeah. do it. They're not doing it themselves.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of David Cruz, to be honest, and he okay. damn well built the whole yeah. thing, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh yeah his his car is yeah his car is really nice. Never heard it, but his car that's a, that's a, a guy that we might really want to nice. line up for one of these uh, sure. interview kind of things we're doing. Yeah, for sure. definitely. And you know, it's funny you mentioned David Cruz. I was actually going to suggest to you Pierce as well. Pierce yep. Barrett. Agreed. Agreed. He's a dude. He's he's so good yep. at what he does and he's a young kid also and he worked with david back in uh at soundscape yep yeah get the get but, the gang uh, back together <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if you saw dave ungaro is opening soundscape again dan yeah yep. ungaro yep 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 yeah, yeah. he's in uh colorado now yeah yeah he's in colorado but he's opening soundscape and i saw this little intro video he's doing and it's 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 really cool because it's like at the same time I'm kind of doing the same thing, right. a little different situation, but um, yeah, it's just neat to see uh, him going back to what he really wants to do. It seems like
0: absolutely. Dan's actually well right now composing, but we'll have composed the opening sequence for this podcast. So really, <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> nice, nice. Nick, I, I want to get back to your. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. Getting back to to how you started. Dima, Dima, DIYMI. However, we want to talk about it. That's where I met you. Okay. I know you had a huge presence there, and I'm just curious how you turned a online community into a audience for your business. Like, do you have any um, insight into how that? So,
1: went? yeah, I mean, I do. So, like I said, back in 20, back in like 2011, like early 2011, is when I joined there. Because again, I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what are all these builds? These people are talking about crazy stuff that I never knew Mm -hmm. about." And remember back back then, I was it was just me and my buddy in our driveways, just like wild west nonsense. I had like lead acid batteries like back in my trunk, wires all over the place, like it was crazy. And it was just big subs. It was whatever I could fit in a 2004 Nissan Sentra, and whatever door speakers slapped into the door. Actually, my first decent set of speakers were hybrid audios. But Dima, Dima, whatever you want to call it. 2011, I joined and I just started reading and learning and listening and whatever. 2011, I was 19 years old. And like I said, I started my apprenticeship at that shop when I was 21. In between being 19 to 21, I did so much reading and so much cutting of my car and uh so much just trying stuff and i started piecing together like ways to make my system actually start sounding good uh at the shop i started learning a lot of like actual skills from people that have been in the industry for like 20 years and are talented fabricators and uh i started slowly not slowly i I should say quickly learning be careful of what you read on the internet because a lot of it is bullshit. (laughs) Um, So like I was on there for like three years until I started working in a shop. And I, you know, there's knowledge like here and there, but I quickly realized like you get a lot of nonsense mixed in. And when I started at the shop, I, yeah, you know, you still do hundred percent. And I, and I think that's part of why, part of why I'm like viewed as, oh, like Nick's an asshole or whatever, because I don't like to tolerate misinformation when I clearly know it's misinformation because I yeah. I take like a personal stance on it because what, like I said started on DIY mobile audio and for three years had no one to really guide me besides these names on a website and then I actually learned in person and realized wow these not these people but like I kind of wasted my time for the past three years listening to most of this because I realized most of this is just wrong mm-hmm. um, at the same time it still gave me a foundation to know what things are and aren't But, you know, a lot of it was just not correct. So I kind of after that, I kind of held like a personal gripe, I guess you could say, against poor information. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And then how I turned it into the business, you know, almost like a billboard for myself was just helping people, you know, as I started working at the shop and like started gaining real knowledge, hands on experience and started doing stuff. I was able to provide a whole lot more insight than what your average person on there could. Next thing you know, I was one of the guys to go to for advice. And it just happened really quick between working there and doing my own stuff. I, I kind of learned a lot and knew a lot and knew how to do a lot of things, knew how to source a lot of things, knew where to point people in the right direction. I just became like one of the guys that was always on there and always helping people. So as soon as You know, as soon as I realized back in March of 2017, I was like, oh, wait, I don't have a job lined up for the spring and summer. (laughs) Um, I was like, screw it. I'm going to install out of my parents' driveway. And I posted on it. People already knew me and they knew that I had an idea of what I was doing back then. They're like, oh, I would trust Nick. And guess what? I was also only charging like $35 an hour. So it's like (laughs) no brainer. And yeah, I just started doing installs and just started posting them. And next thing you know uh winter was about to roll around it was like september and i only intended to do that for like that summer or maybe just springs and summers only um so i emailed the guys like my contact at the magazine and i was like hey you know what's the plan for this winter i really want to you know get back to filming with you guys ideally i'd prefer to work on like your next movie that you're doing Mm -hmm. and uh he got back to me like you know within a few hours and he was like hey Uh, I'm not really sure what we're doing yet. And just for those that don't know, like in the snowboard industry, like, yes, snowboarding happens obviously in the winter, but, um, Cliff's farting again, (laughs) you know, obviously snowboarding happens in the winter, but the industry side of it, everything is pre-planned the year before everything down to the trips to what's happening to what the the articles are going to be to what the ads are going to look like to what you know the art direction for companies is going to be everything is pre planned like a year or two in advance right and the fact that this guy who runs he's like the editor of the magazine chief editor he didn't know what was happening in september i was like whoa that's weird i think i have to continue this car audio thing especially since he said he's like you know, maybe follow up with me in a couple of weeks, and I did, and you know, didn't really hear anything back from them. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna continue this, but I can't work out of my parents' driveway uh, in the fall. So I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go rent a shop, and that's when I rented a shop right in town and uh, got started. Turns out that snowboard magazine was in the process of being bought out by a bigger company and was getting gutted. Mm, yeah, nice. that's why. Good uh, foresight. That's why, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It made sense well, I, why he didn't know yeah. what was going on. Yeah, right. it kind of kind of sucked. Well, he knew what was going on. He just wasn't allowed to right. say anything. Right, not going to tell you. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> some guy that he met like three
0: times. <laughs> right. yeah. who, who just wants a job when the guy himself doesn't know what he has for a job.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so
0: who, who do you think influenced you the most during that time, especially when you made this more into a a semi-career, if not career?
1: Hmm at the time i guess who influenced like who i guess who inspired me like to what i can do with my current situation like working out of my garage not even sure. my garage my parents garage and then right. moving into a small shop i guess the only person i could really say would be bing from mm-hmm. simplicity and sound he did like the same thing he started out of his garage on the forums and moved into a shop and next thing you know he's successful he's back you know he has a six to eight month wait list super nice dude does great work and like that was kind of the that was kind of like the same um formula i guess i was following not that i was purposely like looking at what he was doing but it did tell me that it could work Right. and frankly the whole time i was doing this you know my parents were not stoked about it frankly uh (laughs) Every step of the way, my parents were not stoked about and, – and to be – real, like, you know, oh, yeah, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to – I'm 24 or 25 years old. I still live at your house rent-free. I'm going to use your entire driveway and your <laughs> two-car garage. And bring and, a bunch of strangers over. Yeah. No, literally, <laughs> like – I don't even want to go over those. We'll stories. just use your These liability stories. insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, the characters, as you guys know, some of the characters that we have in Car Audio, they're coming over, dropping cars off and hanging out. And it's just like a little weird. And But whatever, I you know, they were like, you need to go do this somewhere else. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing this anywhere else because no one else does this. Like, yes, people do car audio, but people don't do this. Mm -hmm. And you can't explain this to mom and dad. It doesn't – this doesn't exist to mom and dad. There's no difference. So You can't explain this to any reasonable people. No. No, you really can't so
0: my my wife still doesn't know what i do and she used to work in car audio so my
1: (laughs) my parents my parents still don't know exactly what i do (laughs) i'm serious like i sort of my parents still don't
0: know it's so it's so difficult to explain because you almost feel like a little kid doing it like i play play with stereos in cars
1: i just honestly i tell people these days i have a script like when people when my parents friends oh so what do you you know i hear you do uh you know stereos and i'm like, I just say. I'm an acoustic engineer. I don't know. Like, let's just leave it at that. I don't want to talk about it. You're not going to get it. You're going to look at me like I have three heads. (laughs) I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to talk about what I do because it it is weird. It is a little weird. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be embarrassing to talk about. And it's not that it's embarrassing. It's not that it's inherently embarrassing. It's just like, how do you explain this to someone that doesn't care?
0: Right. Yeah. You and, and you just get the blank oh
1: okay you know when <laughs> someone explains to me like something niche that they do frankly i don't give a shit right yeah. and guess what yeah, if, the, yeah. if i can get them if i can get them to stop talking immediately i would right. so i do it for the person that i'm talking to i'm like look I, I know the second i start talking you're gonna want me to shut the hell up so i'm just gonna do it for you <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's funny I, tuned <laughs> a, I i
2: tuned a car with uh focal m speakers right and i my father-in-law saw the post and was talking to me about, it, and he saw the box stack of speakers or whatever. I was like, yeah, there's probably like six grand in speakers there. He looked at me oh, and yeah. he says, does it really make a difference? And I, I, I mean, you,
1: if you have to ask yeah. a question, no, probably not. Like if to you, it probably doesn't make well, a difference. Well, actually, so when I'm it's, noticing it's a- what I've noticed over the years, you know, being, being like a shop owner and having a lot of people in and out over the years, People mm. do actually notice if you show them the thing is people don't have oh, access yeah. to it these days. Right. People don't have to go out and buy a home stereo anymore because our TVs sound perfectly fine to watch Netflix our yeah. headphones the the wireless headphones that come with our phone or you know tablet they are perfectly fine. let's be real like they're fine from a functionality standpoint, and even then and and then some you know, so they don't have to go out. And, like, honey, we need to go to whatever stereo shop, like we have to go buy a stereo receiver and speaker so we could even hear our t v and next thing you know, they spend more on the the home audio system just to watch t v than the t v itself and next thing you know they're like wait a second we have we have a cool stereo and that was like that was a thing back then, and i've actually been learning about this very recently i've been hanging out in a local shop helping them. Uh, doing tuning and integration and stuff like that. And the owner, uh, Bruce, one of the owners, Bruce, he has been in that location as the owner for 40 years. Wow. Wow. And he has so much insight into how we got to where we are today that I never even knew. And it's it's crazy. Like, you know, listen to your elders. It's like they do have some insight, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know when he started telling when I started hanging around, and like I said, doing tuning for them and supplying resinix to them, and you know, I would just part now, I go there, I purposely just walk into the front where he is, and I sit down, and I wait for him to start talking, mm. because nice. he always has something new from like back in the day, this is how it was, and like this is why things evolved to what it is now, and it's like, ah, oh, interesting, but yeah, so- nowadays, you know, sorry to cut you off and ramble about this but yeah like people can notice a difference they just don't have access to it Mm -hmm. so
0: so so in that with the amount of curiosity and the amount of ferocity that you attack a subject to this point what would you say has been your biggest aha moment
1: as far as what
0: Uh, just running in in general whether it be doing the business of car audio or car audio in general or something that you feel
1: you know, broke you into your own, I don't think there is one okay. because every honestly, I learn something new every day, you know i yeah, I've been a business owner, I've been in this industry for like seven years now or six and a half years now, mm-hmm. but that is nothing compared to you know how long it really takes to learn how everything like really works, so when it comes to like the business side of things, like I'm still learning i'm I'm learning other parts of the industry that guys like sound quality cardio guys would never even think of I'm breaking into other industries. I'm breaking into the commercial side of things with sound treatment. I'm breaking into the aerospace engineering companies uh, with Resonix. Like these are things that I never knew about and never knew how to do. So like every day has its own aha moment. But I think for me in the car audio industry, when I was installing and a shop owner, I think the biggest one was when I realized All you have to do is ask the customer and they will probably say yes. Uh, I know a lot of listeners to this are probably not going to like to hear that, but I prompt when a customer comes to you and says, I have $10,000 to spend on this system, that's it. And you say, cool, come listen to my car. uh, Let's see what you like. And then they listen to it and be like, okay, they love, they obviously love it. They get out and you're like, all right, we're going to do a $25,000 system. (laughs) And guess what they say every time? They say yes. Mm -hmm. Learning that people, and this directly goes off what Ben said, people can hear a difference. They just need to be shown. That's it. And like a lot of my customers were pre-existing car audio people. It's not like they're getting their first sound system. They're just coming to me for the first time, and they but they've been doing this for 20 years. And I stick them in my car, and they're like, "Holy shit! I didn't know this was a thing." but I was willing to spend X amount of money on much less than this. I didn't even know this was a thing. So yeah, we'll spend more money on that. So to anyone who's in this industry listening to this, I'm going to tell you right now, build your goddamn car, learn how to tune it, and you will make your life so much easier. It'll make your job so much easier and things will be cool. People ask me all the time, Nick, how the hell did you start getting all these crazy jobs? It's because I just showed them what is possible. That's it.
0: So de- demoing your vehicle has been a uh, crucial.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, I can, provide, I can provide the stats for you. Before I got my Volvo, my average sale was $7,800. After I got my Volvo, I started working on it within the week I got it. And it had a functional, quote unquote, functional system by the time I got it in late August And by the time October rolled around, it had a functional system in it. You know, the trunk was torn apart, but no one's looking in the trunk anyway. Uh, Had a Helix V12, just DSP amplifier on Focal Utopias in the factory location. No subwoofer, just speakers tuned, you know, integrated. Everything looks stock. And immediately, my tickets went up to about $14,000 on average. Mm. Within a year or two of that, getting the full system done, and just getting better at utilizing my car to demo to customers. My average ticket's over twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah,
2: that resonates with my experience. I mean, I, my my shop we don't we, here in Central One we don't really have the clientele that New Yorkers probably do, or the people that come from far away do. You'd be but you'd be still, surprised. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, there's money. I, still, what I've
1: learned is there's money everywhere. And I'm not. Yeah. By the way, I do want to provide some like I'm not like sitting here like. Uh-huh, I got you guys tricked. You. Like it's like no, like I'm just oh, here showing you. Show I'm possible. just here like right. showing you guys. Like hey, if this is a system system you want, we can do this. And they're always like, no, you know what? No, no, no. no. Let's let yeah, let's do that. Like let's do right. something like that. And I'm like, okay, here's how we do it, and this is how much it's going to cost. And they, it's never any question about it. It's like yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah, but, but I,
2: I've experienced very similar experiences where you you sit a potential customer down in your own vehicle and let them listen to what they want to hear. And they hear it in a whole new way and they just, yeah, (laughs) they they want to do it. Like there's take away the obstacles and let's just,
1: whatever it takes, we'll just,
2: yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah. The art of the demo is very important in this industry. And I think our, my, you know, the industry professionals are really dropping the ball here. You know, there's a lot of opportunity to show people what you're capable of and what they could have. The fact that there's so many people that like, go to k-fest and go to master tech and go to trainings and talk about it and they're in the facebook groups and they're doing this and whatever they talk about it they show up but they don't do it it's like kind of disheartening to be honest it's you know i and one of the things i want to do is actual like hands-on training stuff with resinix for industry professionals and hobbyists but um i'm almost a little nervous now like People aren't even gonna do it. They say they care about it. And Ben, like, you know, let's be real for a second. How many installs have you listened to from shops that are supposed to be really good that just sound like garbage? Oh, it happens all the time. I, I it's, retune it's systems. All time. <laughs> for I've from other I've gotten for a multiple, yeah. multiple cars from installers that you would not even believe, and they just sound not even not great. They just sound horrible. And it's like, dude. You got, we got to, this industry as a whole has got to stop talking about it and you got to, we got to do it. You know, we got to stop making things oversimplified because it is complicated. We got to stop just talking about it and talking about it in a 45 minute class at K-Fest. You got to do it. You got to get your car. You got to get your hands dirty and you got to fucking practice tuning. You got to practice installing. You got to practice more tuning and get good at it because we're going to go away if you don't if you're not good at this, we're going to be gone. These OEMs are catching up and they have every opportunity to put us all out of business right now. Just be thankful that right now they aren't taking that opportunity. They are still penny pinching. But the second they stop and they listen to Harman Kardon instead of the marketing team dictating what the system should sound like, we as an industry are screwed as far as car audio goes. Um, The second that car manufacturers really start caring about what their systems sound like and i think we need to get our shit together as Uh, a whole
0: and i I was going to ask you know with with having that confidence that you're kind of giving the consumer when you're demoing your vehicle obviously not every person has your vehicle with your system with your setup going into it so what is it that gives because I, I think this is kind of a a breaking point for many enthusiasts, competitors, and mm-hmm. retailers is having the confidence that they'll experience that in their vehicle when when you're done or when they're done. And what has given you the confidence that you will be able to satisfy the customer at that level dollar amount level when they haven't heard their car with that system in
1: it. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm always very transparent. You know, I'm like, I, I just shortened my, I guess, I'm not even going to say sales pitch, but my demo to you guys, I shortened it. But part of it is, you know, showing, you know, what's possible in my car. Obviously, we discussed the client's car well before they're even at the shop. Sure. Uh, like I said, back when I was fully operating, I had a wait list of, you know, at one point, a year and a half long. So we're we're in discussion well before they even step foot into my car but um once they say okay well maybe we do something that's closer to this um and it's like okay well the pros and cons for your situation are going to be x y and z we need to also explain to them you know your car isn't going to sound like this you know i can confidently say that your car is not going to sound as good as my Volvo. Period. It's just probably not possible unless you're throwing six figures at me and letting me cut whatever hole I goddamn please. Okay, right. <laughs> um, but you know, once you can explain to them, you know, look, your car—if you're—if you're stuck on OEM locations and you're you're using a, a, do, a upper door mid-range location and a sale panel tweeter, like it's only going to sound this good. And I can already describe to you what it's going to sound like. Yes, it's going to be wide, but it's going to be a little bit more diffuse and the sound stage is going to be a little bit more forward. And we're going to lack a little bit of this and that and yada, yada, yada compared to these setups, because, you know, a- as you guys know, like we've done all of these, we know what these, we can look at an install and we can mostly tell what the characteristics of it are going to be Right outside of like the craziest of crazy installs. Like for, for like stock location type installs, you can almost, you know, I, Ben I, I, and Cliff, I think you guys both would agree. Like you can look at a car and be like, I, I already know what this is going to feel like this car, right? I've had some surprises, um, but yes. There's definitely surprises, but for the right. most part, the there's most part, a yes, general, there's, yes. yeah, it's pretty predictable. So all you have to do is be able to explain that to, to your customer and make sure they're understanding of it. And it's fine. They get in their car and it's exactly what they were hoping for, and then some, and it's great. And all of the little cons, like the all of the little like impossibilities with their install, like aren't even a question because you already told them about it. You already told them that was a thing. And that's that's actually another part of our issue where, like, again, these people are doing installs day in and day out, but let's be real, they're mostly not doing much tuning, if at all, they're probably not doing much listening, if at all, like critical listening and really knowing what's going on to where I highly doubt that they can even explain these actual differences. And that's another part that I think our industry needs to pick up on. I think the most important thing for our industry right now is, again, to just get yourself a proper demo car and have at it, like genuinely have at it, get some experience. It's going to be really helpful. You, you talked about yeah.
2: characters in Car Audio, and I'm, I'm curious if you can describe how, um, when you started in Dima, um, Dima, whatever. Oh, Jesus the, Christ. The, the, the characters <laughs> there, so the internet has evolved, right, and uh, the forums oh, yeah. are dying or dead, and we have these new things called Facebook groups and other outlets, but I, I know you're a pretty big uh, celebrity, I guess you could say uh, a a very particular group. Well, let's talk about strictly sound quality because you are highly heavily involved there. Are you an admin? Are you the owner? Yeah, I'm an an admin. What's your role?
1: No, I mean, it's just me and the guys like we just run it, I guess you could say. I mean, to be honest, we don't really. It's not real. I'll be I'll be the first one to admit it. it. We're not really as passionate about it as we used to be because we've been doing it for like eight years now. And now but you're seeing also, a lot of the same stuff over and over yeah, and over and like over and over. It's, repeat, and it's, it's, it's even, repeating. It's not repeating itself. It's not even that it's the same stuff over and over and over again. Like that's what, yeah. it, and that's also, I guess you why you could say part of it is like, for me, is like very quick, very blunt, and to the point because I've answered this question 500 times before. Use the search. But not only, not only, really that it's Facebook has figured out what makes them money. And that right. is more users, more screen time, more ads, yes. more of this. And they've tailored their groups, their news, like the, the feeds, the pages to all just keep engagement, get get everything engaging. So it, it's they've designed these groups in a way that like perfectly nails down, keep engagement up. But what is engagement? Engagement is just constant posting, commenting, liking, posting, commenting, liking, Of course, if you have X amount of people in a group, you can only make so many posts before it's repetitive, 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 repetitive and like dulled down and watered down and just nonsense. And it's like, you know, I I kind of blame that on what Facebook is now Um, because, you know, back when things were a little bit different, like it was more manageable. Even when we still did, we always had over 10,000 members. Like we've had over 10,000 members for like after the first year, I think we had 10,000 members. Yeah, Um, it it, it exploded pretty much instantly. But but it's, yeah, because it was the first, like, sound quality-based car audio group. Right, Um, and you had a lot of migration from the Dyma membership. Yeah, Um, but there was only so so many people on Dyma. It's not like there was 10,000 people on Dyma. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But um, I think now, like, in the past, like, two or three years, we've noticed, like, it's really hard to make Facebook... A place of information because it's purposely meant to just post it and in three hours the post is gone yeah yeah yep yep you know so i don't know it's just the way it's just the way the world is now i guess i don't know yeah Yeah. so
0: on your on your professional side of things again for not having compared to some people you know you've been here now a plenty respectable amount of time but in that time. You've kind of done a little bit of everything. I mean, you went from an enthusiast to, you know, doing installs shop sweeper out sweeper right to sales having guy to shop to, owner <laughs> to then having a shop to then having a bigger shop. I mean, you know, you you got pretty big there with substantial employees and and everything else, and kind of at the same time building Resinix and becoming a you know, for lack of a better word, a brand or manufacturer that's now very well known in the industry and other industries as well outside of car audio. Having done that now, what are you most excited about now? And is there anything you would have done different?
1: Oh boy. What am I most excited about right now is for a specific situation to wrap up and I could get on with my goddamn life. I'm sure you guys know about it. I'm not sure if my lawyer would be very happy about me talking about sure. it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But uh, I'm very happy to with how that is all going. And I can't. Oh, it's like it's we're so close. Like if this podcast was like a week later, <laughs> I'd probably be able to like scream to the hills like, you know, whatever. Um, but what I'm really excited for outside of that right now is growing Resinex. Um, like I said, I'm just starting to get my feet wet in the commercial side mm. of sound treatment um and I'm also this is crazy I don't even know they didn't tell me I'm not allowed to talk about this so whatever Careful. um <laughs> no I mean they they told me they're like look we're not telling you all the details but we're, we'll tell you what we're allowed to tell you and I guess that means I'm allowed to tell you guys um I was contacted by an aerospace engineering company and long story short they are very very interested in using my product in a couple of their projects and how they even came across the product the our product was through the internet which is weird because you would think these companies already have their suppliers and you know whatever but i asked them the story about how you found me and why you ended up with me and they said well we kind of went back to square one because this particular pro this particular project that we're working on is very very specific um and we figured you know just using the same old like stuff like we were probably just going to be you know doing a disservice like yeah we know the guys over there that make this like why not use that but this project was is so specific that they had to go back to the, to like square one. And, you know, what they ended up doing was they found over 120 different sound deadener, you know, constrained layer damper products. And they either, the first step to this for them was finding out if they're even able to use it for this project, which included country of origin Um, ingredients and like temperature ratings and like base level like just base level data Um, they scrubbed for that stuff and some companies failed without them even knowing you know they just looked on their website like oh this is made in over there like that's a fail or this clearly doesn't hold up to cold or heat like that's a fail Um, they don't even know it but all of my stuff has plenty of data on the website. Like any little bit of data you could ask for about my products, I have it. And it's all on the website. So they saw that. They were really impressed by that. About 80 of these products out of the 120 passed the initial. Like, all right, let's just look at the specs and country of origin. And uh, 80 made it through. And that's when they called me. They placed an order. And, you know, I didn't think of anything any of it. I just saw a name. I didn't know who it was really going to. And they called me like three weeks later at like eight AM. I'm still sleeping. And haven't gone to you know, sleep? Yet. Yeah, <laughs> haven't gone to sleep yet. And I'm like, hello hello? Like, you know, resonic sound solutions. Nick speaking with my best voice that is like, mm. I swear to God I wasn't sleeping. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the owner of the company. <laughs> yeah, you know you know that voice you do when you answer the phone and you try your best to not sound like you were just sleeping. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, Resonic Sound solutions nick speaking and she's like hey you know i'm calling from blah 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 company uh we placed an order about three weeks ago and i'm like oh god did it not make it there like do i have to send another one she's like uh, she's like no 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 it it made it here and um she's like you know our our engineers are uh really want to talk to you sounds like like, a typical purchasing rep (laughs) yeah yeah kind of and i was like oh okay uh How? And she's like, "We're gonna call you in two hours if that's okay, or in an hour." And I was like, "Okay, sure." And I hang up, and I didn't even realize what was going on. And they call me, and I, you know, I'm on the phone with them, and you know, next thing you know, it's it's five people in a room, and me, and they're all like, "Hey, um, Mike, I'm Jim, um, you know, this dude, this dude, this dude." They're like, "We are the engineers for blah 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 aerospace engineering." company and I was like oh cool like what's up how can I help you and immediately they just start rattling off like the most questions I've ever been asked about my products (laughs) ones that people have never asked me before but I obviously you know I know every answer to about my product possible right but you know next thing you know we're on the phone for over an hour and I'm like "Wait, wait wait guys what are you doing like you're asking me all of these questions without just asking me, hey, this is our application. Will your product work or how should we use it? And they're like, and, and I just like call them out. I'm like, you, you guys are dancing around something here. What is going on? And they kind of murmur to themselves and they're like, should we tell them? Are we allowed to tell them? And they're like, well, we could tell them, you know, the basis of it. And they're like, all right. So we are working for a customer, let's just say. Who has a one-of-one one spacecraft that we need to control uh, structure-borne vibration in. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay, aerospace consulting company, spacecraft. I'm like, all right, it's probably a satellite, like whatever. Right. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's metal. It resonates like, you know, yeah, this is the product. And I was like, you know, that was kind of it and then uh they call me they kept calling me back for like more questions, you know, uh do you guys have this certification? here you go like do you guys have this? here you go like here's the data, here's this and as I talk to them more, uh I'm getting little bits of information out of them. long story short it's the u s military is the customer. there is one of these quote unquote spacecrafts in existence, and there are pilots to it they are manned this is a manned spacecraft that is owned by the military and they want to use my product they were testing many many different products and you know they got more for testing and they called me back the last call i had with them was yeah um yours is not only the one that you guys smashed everything as far as resonance control goes and I'm like, well, of course I could have told you that. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, they were like, also, yours was the only one that was able to handle negative seventy degrees Celsius. Yeah. You're like, well, I hadn't really tested that in real life, but yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> I I was like, cool. Uh, all right. So they we're all like, right. so yeah, you're going on a, you know, test flight in November. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Cool. cool. So yeah you know, breaking into these new industries is, is like wild, you know, and I've never done this before. I'm getting like all these requests from them and like on the commercial side of things as well. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know this. I need to like figure out how to apply this to these industries. Like, how do I talk about commercial soundproofing when I've never done it before? Right. And it's, that is, I guess is pretty exciting, you know? Interesting. So what,
0: what got, what got you into wanting wanting to do sound editing in the first place because like it's not a for most people it's not exactly an exciting thing (laughs) it's not for most people (laughs) it's yeah no it's not dynamat has been around for 400 years and you're like well just (laughs) you know rub some dynamat on it throw some windex on it if you want some you know sound dampening to go with it and then you know you do what you want but i mean what what got you
1: excited about it Well, I mean, like for most people nowadays, sound deadening is like a really quick cash grab because you can go on Alibaba or wherever and get like the cheapest sound deadening and get your logo slapped on it and you could sell it to your buddies in the industry and you could sell them the most dog shit product on planet earth. But guess what? You did some really cool marketing and it has a logo on it and your buddies are selling it and using it. Cool, great. But for me, it was actually, believe it or not, it was out of necessity. I, like I said, you know, the, the nature of what Apicello Autosound was, was you know, we are making the best sounding car audio systems possible. And as you guys know, what is the most important part to a good sounding car audio system is the installation, okay? One of the parts and one of the main foundations of the installation is the room. If the room resonates, how the hell is your install gonna sound good, right? if you have rattles and resonance inside of the room you are listening to, there's no way it could possibly sound good. So I took sound treatment pretty seriously. Um, And back in, you know, 2017 and before, the leader in performance for um, a constrained layer damper was Sound Deadener Showdown. And I was using their products for my customers. I wasn't even like they didn't even have a dealer program. I was just buying it because it was the best. That's it. Like I could have, you know, easily done Dynamat and made profit on where I could have easily done, you know, any of these other brands and made money on it. But I was like, screw that. I just want to get the best stuff and make sure my customers have the best products possible. And, you know, and, and in return, their car sounds better. And um, one day I make an order with SoundEdner Showdown and the owner called me within like an hour and he was like, hey, I really appreciate your order. Uh I really appreciate your support over the years. But this is the last order I'm gonna be processing as Sound Deadener Showdown. I was like, Whoa, what? And he was like, Yeah, I'm closing my doors. And I was like, Whoa, okay. That's interesting. And I and I started like getting a little nervous because I was like you know, there was testing data out there that showed how much better this product really was. Like Mm -hmm. it was proven. It wasn't, it wasn't really debatable. Like there was, there was data on it and, uh, not the best data in the world, but it was still data and it showed like, and even hands-on experience, like you could tell like this product is genuinely much better than everything else. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got a little nervous. I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Am I going to start using Dynamat? I don't know been a while since i've tried it but i remember it being like super flimsy in comparison whatever let's so what i did was i bought a bunch of other products to try them out i bought dynamat i bought second skin i bought noiko i bought everything on amazon i must have spent so much money just buying stuff to try it out and i realized like even the stuff that tested close to sound Deadener showdown in reality was nowhere near the performance of it. Like the testing data, like the differences were actually much bigger in real life than what the graph showed or what you thought you know it would have been. So I was like, damn, I'm really taking a hit here. So what I did was I actually tried to buy Sound Deadener Showdown. I reached out to the owner and I was like, I wanna buy your company. And he was not interested in selling it. I'm not sure why. But he didn't, he wouldn't really answer any questions about it. And that was kind of it. I found out a few years later from other suppliers in the industry why I think, but we're not going to get into that. That's none of my business, no one else's business. But I was like, you know what? I'm knowledgeable about these products, I'm knowledgeable on the subject, and I'm also very resourceful. So I was like, you know what? I am just going to go make my own. And I'm going to make sure it's just as good, if not better, than Sound Edner Showdown. I was like, if his supplier is here in the U.S., I can find it. Right. You know, turns out you can't find it. (laughs) You know, these these companies that make these products, at least make the good products, are so buried that they're not on Google. You're not finding them. I promise you it's pretty insane how hard it was. Next thing you know, I'm six weeks in and over 2000 phone calls later oh, of calling up, Hey, can you guys make me this product? Where can I get some sound? or who makes the goods? And it was crazy. It was, it was kind of, I thought on the manufacturing side of things, it would be way more objective, but on the manufacturing side of things, it was just as bullshit as the retail side of things. Everyone was trying to just be a salesman. say, oh yeah, we make the best product ever here. We'll send you some samples. And it's garbage. It's garbage. Uh, I remember I got a sample from a company, U S based manufacturer. They made it here in the U S five millimeters thick, (laughs) garbage performance. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. It was, it was so thick, but it's, it's performance was somehow so bad. I have no clue. How it was so bad, but it it just was, you know. And they so swore up and down. What makes yeah. what what's the difference? What what makes a good
2: uh, that's the first a constraining layer, right? Like what? Yeah, the
1: constrained layer damper. What makes a good constrained layer damper is a few things, but the most important is going to be the viscoelastic properties of the butyl. The butyl formula is going to be the most important part. So if you and have for a good those who formula, don't know what butyl
2: is, butyl is the
1: black gooey shit. It's not gooey. <laughs> Well, it shouldn't be gooey. If yours is gooey, you have a problem. Sticky, <laughs> if yours is gooey, stuff. Yeah, it's 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 viscoelastic. You know, it's technically a fluid, but it's kind of a solid at the same time. Okay. So, but there's different but,
2: different consistencies and
1: oh yeah, whatever makes it good and not good. It's like saying, oh wait, there's more than one type of speaker. You know, sure. there's many, many, many different things that make a speaker, and many, many different ways to tweak a speaker. Right. And at the end of the day, it comes down to that putyl formula and its viscoelastic properties and mm-hmm. its capability of being able to generate shear forces in the frequencies that you are really targeting. They do target a wide range of frequencies, but you can kind of tune it to be better for certain applications and certain frequency ranges and then on top of that you also have the stiffness of the constraining layer itself the aluminum on top Um, the stiffness of that is also a big factor so Hmm. the thickness of the butyl isn't inherently a performance determinator it's more so the butyl itself and then the thickness of it you know adding more does help but at the same time you can add too much believe it or not you can have too much to where it's actually allowing too much stretch we don't want to do that so yeah yeah, yeah. um well. you know so it's it's fine-tuned you know you yeah. can fine-tune this product it's all right so yeah i'm locked in my room i'm not even showing up to my shop at this point i'm making a million goddamn phone calls and i'm like seconds away from giving up and um i get this company on the phone it's like my last ditch effort like i think i found the last us-based manufacturer that makes this stuff and they're they're like yeah we could sell you some stuff and uh i was like cool like you know can you make it as good as this they're like yeah you're just going to have to put in about 3 quarters of a million dollars for research and development and give us about 9 to 12 months mm. i was like mm. i'm 27 years old and i live with my parents <laughs> uh-huh. right and they're like they were like so in that case I can give you some stuff that we already make for the Kleenex of this industry, but it's just going to have no logo on it. And I was like, okay. I was like, I guess that works. I'm like, I'm so invested in this already. Like, I don't I don't want to come out of this with nothing. I was like, what's your minimum order quantity? They're like a truckload. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, so I heard someone talking in the background when I was on the phone with him and I heard a name. They're like, oh, couldn't this company... Like, don't they make products like this on occasion? Wouldn't they be more suited to like handle a small order? And he's like, yeah, but they don't do this anymore. And I just, I managed to hear that conversation like on accident. And I hung up the phone immediately and I Googled this company and I managed to find them. I managed to find their phone number. And I'm like, hey, you guys manufacture uh, constrained layer dampers. And they're like, well, we could, we used to. And I was like, i was like i need some i need to make a product that's better than everything else and they were like they were the first ones that said well i don't know if that's possible and i was like interesting okay they're like can you send us a sample of what you're referring to i was like sure i sent them like my last box of sound Deadener showdown called me back three or four days later when they got it and they're like yeah this is gonna be hard to beat but we'll try And three weeks later, they sent me a sample. And to this very day, that is the same exact product that you get when you order Resinex uh, CLD Squares. Cool. Um, And it's, you know, not to brag or anything, but when we test, it smashed Sound Ender Showdown. Like, it was really, I was really excited about that. Nice. So, yeah.
2: Well, I was so excited about hearing of your products and the success that you've had that I decided to order some for myself. Uh, Yeah. So I, I think you're aware, I don't know, I, I haven't really broadcasted that I've built something new, but um, I have something working on that's nowhere near what my BMW was as far as custom goes. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's making me happy. And I will tell you that in the doors is your product, and it's uh, performed fantastically. So far, I'm very happy with the product. Um, cool.
1: Glad I will you. also
2: tell you that I used one of your buddies buddy buddy jobs it was probably a no-name alibaba thing that came from a buddy of a buddy and i used that in my truck and my bmw unfortunately and that stuff started oozing and dripping out of the doors of the truck oh yeah i can only imagine what's going on behind the dash of my bmw
1: yeah that's your buddy in the industry right that's the cool guy right oh yeah so it's the cool guys you know they oh i you know they're the best use them (laughs) needless to say i find (laughs) it i find it so funny how uh How like how our industry picks what products they want to use? Well, mm-hmm. my the, the cool guys are using it, and like my friend sells it, so it's got to be the best. Well, well that's what kind of we're doing here right now. To be honest with you, no, However, it is. It you've is, got some data
2: same, <laughs> that, that makes well, sense. That's what, was, that's what I was going to say. There's <laughs> yeah. you know, not a whole the lot of data like,
0: behind, it, other than what logo is on there and who you're buying it from. Like that seems right. to be the majority yeah, like, of the call. When it I comes can. To that.
1: I can definitely be your buddy. Like I'm I'm friends with plenty of people. But well, guess what? I'm not touching your fucking product. Yeah. You know, if you can't if you can't sell me a product that's genuinely good. Like if you can't if your sales pitch starts off with profit margins or if your sales pitch starts with, you know, how long your warranty is or its country of origin or some bullshit like that, I am not interested. I want you to tell me why your product is genuinely good and what like i want to get something out of your product that's my goal but it doesn't seem like my goals really align with you know many other people in this industry a lot of people are more so like i said it's it's more so based off relationships and like who the buddy is and who the cool guys are and like what where the profit especially is you know some of these some of these brands are charging so much goddamn money for like what is genuinely like the cheapest thing on planet earth but whatever I know
0: there's the uh, some kind of connection there, but I'm curious on how things got started with like you and Chris Perdue and the deadening, because I I know there's a lot of accusation coming across sometimes because Resinix does well. But I'm curious how that relationship began. You know, was it one of those things where, hey, test my product or was it him helping you get your product better?
1: It's funny you say the word is relationship. There really isn't a relationship. The only reason I know Chris Purdue is because he was also on the DIY mobile audio forums. Mm-hmm. And then like when Ben said, everyone kind of converted over to Facebook. Um, you know, and everyone started realizing, oh, this is the person, this is this guy from DIY Mobile Audio. That's your this screen. This name? Guy. You're that guy? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I realized, oh, that's the guy. And then next thing you know, he announced he's like, I want to do testing again. And, you know, he started his own group and The only real relationship that we have is if I ask him for his measurements, he might send them to me. And then we'll also talk about death metal. We both like death metal. (laughs) That's it. But as far as anything else goes, that guy is honestly straight as an arrow when it comes to doing the testing in his group to the point where it pisses me off (laughs) frankly, because I'm like, Chris, like, let me, like, can you please send me these files? Like I want to be able to have them saved here and I want to be able. And he like a lot of times, like he like won't answer me or he won't send things to me because he's like, Nick, I really want to like, I don't do this with anyone else. I don't want to do the same thing with you, Mm. you know?
0: Well, and, and that's kind of why I it's wanted like, to you know, ask, too, because I didn't I didn't know for sure. Well, yeah. But I know a lot of people when they come into it blind, they think, it's uh, like they think
1: that I pay him.
0: Right. Right. It's like, oh, well, Resnix always wins here. So is that, you know, data driven or is it
1: something else nefarious? So that's why. Well, here's the thing. and I you didn't can, really know. But so you that's can why test I was it in many different ways, sure. you know, and one of the owners of one of those companies that I think we were just making fun of uh, did come into that group and started a whole thing. And he did the whole salesman thing where he talked about industry and buddies and friends, but not one speck of thing about genuine performance of the product. And everyone like calling out, like, dude, you're in a hobbyist group where we care about performance. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) We don't care about salesman shit here. Right. Like, we're genuinely interested in performance. And guess what? If your product performed the best, that's what we would be talking about. But guess what? It didn't. This is the product that performed the best. So whatever product would have performed, like hypothetically, like it doesn't matter if it's mine. It doesn't matter if it's something else. Whatever performed, whatever happened to do the best in his testing would obviously be the one that they're talking about, right? That yeah. makes perfect sense, you know? Right. It just so happened to be mine. Frankly, going into it, I knew, like I have my own data. I do my own testing. Right. I knew Mine was the best going into it, so I was very excited about it. I was like, "Yeah, let's go!" Because, because <laughs> right. frankly, I'm not going to post my own data because that's when it's like, "Oh, yeah. who are you? Who are you kidding right now?" Yeah, right. right? You can make be, up whatever numbers you want. Yeah. Again, it, it could be I could be as straight of, of an arrow as possible, and people would still claim like, "Oh, yeah, you're gonna you you think you're gonna fool us, you idiot?" <laughs> right? No, like so. I was like, "Oh, cool! Finally, some third party testing." And he did them, and sure enough. our our product is very, very good. And it's even, like I said, going to show like back to this aerospace engineering company, they did their own testing. You want to know how they, you want to know how the U S military does their testing for this. It's much more in depth than Chris Perdue's. Okay. And guess what? My product still smashed everything else. Right. Okay. Out of eighty different products that they tested on their on their rig, they built a mock hull of this product or this this spacecraft, whatever that they're building, and they have accelerometers all over this goddamn thing, and they're testing vibration on it, you with many different products, and you know it, it's and it's funny. They said they would share that data with me when they're done with the project. That's nice. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to interpret it because it's going to be, you know, like I said, it's it's five like, yeah, I I don't I don't you know, my knowledge only goes so far. You know, I'm very knowledgeable about sound treatment, but I am not by any stretch of the means a Ph.D. engineer in, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Cool.
0: So what, what for somebody else coming into the industry or even as an enthusiast? Wanting to grow, obviously we have the the competitors who listen to this, as well as the uh, the general sound quality enthusiasts, as well as the people who are in in the industry. But if you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice going forward into your journey in this, what would you what would that be? What would you tell yourself? Are you
1: talking about car audio, or are you talking about sound?
0: I, I uh, well, I think I think yeah, car audio in general. I would say just as far as your not not sound editing in specific, but more your general journey through karate Um, what would you
1: my journey could have been much better and i could have been maybe like when it comes to just cardio stuff i think i could have been a little further ahead quicker if i stopped putting so much stock into one person Uh, i'm not going to name his name but it starts with an and ends in d waymeyer but what (laughs) frankly what i'm getting at is take everything with a grain of salt yeah there's a lot of smart people out there but there's more than one smart there is more than one smart person and at the same time there are people that have a there's a reason why they're Alterior saying what they're motive. saying it. yeah ulterior okay. motive like everyone has everyone has some sort of motive but when their motive is like purely they're only like the only Thing that they've really got, it, it kind of leads to some things being watered down so much. Like I said before, I think we need to stop watering everything down in our industry. And I think that's a huge problem. And by the way, I very much do respect Andy. He is very smart, he's very good at what he does. But I do wish that I, I didn't put all of my stock into everything that he said because it was as soon as I stopped that I really started progressing. And Cliff, when you did hear my car for the first time, Mm -hmm. that was a purely listening to Andy part of my life when, okay, everything the measurement says has got to be true. Setting time alignment with a tape measure, it's got, it's perfect. That's it. Why would it be any different? And blah, 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 blah. Like use all of this and do it that way. And guess what? I can confidently say that car wasn't sounding that great. It wasn't until that I started trying different things and actually using my ears, and you know, to where I started getting what I can, what I'm confident in is really good.
0: And and I think I think part of that is Andy, like others in the industry, especially those who kind of you know are in front of people a lot, the the prolific speakers who are very confident in what they're saying. It comes across as there's one objective truth on the path from A to Z for me to obtain what I want in this system or whatever it is. And whether that be with your business or that is with your car or how it sounds or how it performs. And I think, you know, it's been well proven over the years that there are many ways to get to that point and you kind of have to find your best way to get there with the people who are investing the energy in that and then just because something is objective doesn't mean because something can be objectively explained or described in a succinct amount of time doesn't necessarily make it right
1: well it's not that he's it's not that any of it is wrong it's the problem i have with it is it's it's not the only second (laughs) it's like no not even that it's like wait a second you told me this is complete like this is it like, we're like, this is as good as it really gets. Well, and it's like, oh, wait, oh, okay, no, yeah. right. That's the thing. It's like, there is, there's is more to do after the, the basic, you know, outline that you
2: have. And but it's, mo- most people struggle know, with the basics and I understand Andy's and, and that's, and that's why he
1: does it. Can, and can, I totally yeah. understand. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I, and I was, was going to say, I, I think his claim isn't to, to have the best sounding car on earth. His claim is, Hey, this will get you to 80% in a reliable yeah, way right. that a lot of people oh, won't wait, be able wait, to explain. But you just said.
1: You just said percentages. He doesn't like that. You better watch out. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Well, but the gripe that I have with that is if we don't teach and we don't understand the more complex parts of it, how are we going to be doing car audio in 10 years? Right. We are already like if you do like if you do like a modern car right now, like Ben, if you happen to get a you know 2023 or 2024 GMC Sierra with Bose have yeah. fun yeah have fun
0: well same is true gonna, with gonna... uh,
2: we we just bought a new Lexus that has the Harman Kardon oh, yeah. uh the Mark yeah. Levinson system yeah. that's Anything like same that. same
1: situation like it, and here's the thing There's a you know yeah. they they sound decent let's be real for your average consumer it sounds decent you know it so why good. yeah yeah why is a consumer going to spend an extra 10 plus thousand dollars to make it better when all you're teaching these professionals is okay do one-to-one input output and just equalize it don't touch time alignment exactly yeah get more power and equals it's like what do you mean you're gonna tell me taking 10,000 plus dollars from a client is going to be worth it to them. And they're going to do this again. When the only thing that's different is it's a little bit louder and it might sound a little bit cleaner, but there's still no staging. There's still no imaging. There's still no impact. Things are still out of phase. Things still sound weird. What? You really think this is like going to last? It's not sustainable. We need to, we need to be able to like confidently go into any car and be able to create a soundstage whether it's one seat two seat it doesn't that part doesn't really matter it's more so we really need to teach people how to make these cars actually sound good instead of just saying yeah go one-to-one don't touch the time alignment don't touch the phase and just amplify it and equalize it to a house curve and it's done No, it's Fucking not. (laughs) Sorry for. (laughs)
0: And I'll say with, with that, I mean, comes that you actually have some proof in the pudding because from a sound quality competition side of things, you're one of the very few guys who's come in through the industry and also competing and then continuously gotten better and also been able to clearly be ahead of the pack with what's currently out there with what's yeah. essentially shop cars you have a couple of people in the industry who have their competition vehicles but i mean you're coming in with your demo vehicles essentially and mm-hmm. doing extremely well and, and that's been awesome to see so yeah i mean it's you
1: know. it's fun too you know <laughs> car looks factory for the most part uh, except for the tweeters on the pillars it's the only thing that doesn't look factory and it uh it that uh, it's got to be that way rips. for your for most for most customers yeah. it's got to be that way
2: uh, yeah so. and i
1: guarantee you you know that car that car has allowed me to do what i do yes. right, period no if there's no question about it there's not a person there's not a uh thing inside of me it's purely like well the thing i, I did build that car whatever but like that car has allowed me to do what yeah. i do
2: yeah, we should, we should definitely start a thread on the art of the demo and uh, see where that goes.
1: It's not even... Well, there is an art to the demo. Like, you obviously have to read your customer and, like, know what they want. Frankly, sitting there, what kind of music do you like? That is the stupidest thing you can do. Don't do that. No. Um, pick for them, because they don't know. Yep. Just surprise them. But being able to know, okay, this is what and I explain, think is going to surprise... Yeah. Explain what you're
2: hearing in, in terms that they can understand, and and then look up and minimal see the sound,
1: right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I've noticed minimal explanation and just wow them uh, mm. with how it sounds. That That's all you need to do, you know? I sold, frankly, I sold my most expensive sound system ever to a guy that came in looking just to get his radio replaced. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, do you want to come hear my car? And he was like, yeah, sure. I, I forget how we even got to that point. But he listened to my car and he's like, whoa, free candy. Yeah, exactly. He's like, wow, this is cool. Can we do something like this in my car? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Next thing you know, we're doing an $85,000 sound system Mm -hmm. to a guy that originally just wanted to get a radio replaced. And I didn't even sell that to him. He was like, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do the best. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like. What do you what do you mean? Like, let's, it turns out this guy has a quarter million dollar home system and is a concert pianist in Carnegie Hall, so nice. he he you know he can make use of this, I guess you could say. Right. But you know it's it's crazy being able to show people is what. And guess what? That was back when I had no subwoofer in the Volvo, and it was just kind of slapped together really quick through a tune on it and OEM integration. But guess what? Not done one to one. You know, yeah, you could do every input but being able to adjust and correct those inputs to where you can create a one seat tune is so i think it's so important i think it's pretty crazy that there's a few people that are pushing against that not the inherent fact that like a one seat tune is better but like i think it's crazy that people are like pushing against the methods that allow you to create a soundstage i think it's crazy to me that's like the most enjoyable part of a sound system for sure for most people. Right. You know, or, the, or, or, or it's the,
0: next, yeah, the next dimensional thing that comes in that, you know, makes it brings that realism to the picture. Yeah,
1: And that's most of what these factory systems are missing. They're not really missing bass Dude, some of these cars have bass right. in them now. It's pretty crazy. They're not missing impact or detail. Like it's all kind of there. What it's all, all missing is a correct soundstage. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not they're not all perfect, but you know, they are pretty much all unanimously missing a correct sound stage. And again, whether you do that in one seat or two seat or whatever is is doesn't matter. But frankly, the way to really do it at the moment is kind of you're kind of stuck with making it one seat. I wish we could do it two seat, but it's never proven to be a way that ends well right. to, for me. You know? There's I've tried the one-to-one, I've tried up mixers, I've heard sound systems with you know i've heard frankly i've heard andy's new two-seat volvo like i it, it's all of these different methods are like nothing's really scratched that itch for me in the past couple of years but if i listened to him five or six or seven years ago when i was still like just learning like whoa oh, great. oh my god <laughs> but like but guess what there's customers that like we'll still think it sounds pretty decent, but like they're not gonna be stoked about handing over five figures for it to only be a little bit different. Sure. Sure. That's not acceptable. You know? I've
0: I've got I've got a I've got a varying question here and I think Ben's got one more question after that. But being that your adult life has kind of all been car audio, right? And in the industry in different ways you've grown up along with your experience in the industry, but how do you think you've changed the most from coming into this to where you are now?
1: I think the biggest thing is realizing that I know what I don't know in previous years. Like I said, like putting all of my faith into, you know, certain people, like you kind of start brainwashing yourself and thinking Yeah, like this is it. This is the way, and everything. Like, this is I'll have to question that anymore. I just go forward. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like perfect example is like, you know, when uh, Matt Hall was doing all the amplifier testing, and I was like, bullshit. Like, what is the point of this? Like, they all (laughs) sound pretty much the same because somebody said they do. And I happen, that happens to be the person that I trust. Well, guess what? It turns out a couple years later, I did my own amp test. They don't sound anywhere near the same, you know? And, oh, wait, we can actually use our ears after we use a microphone. And, oh, my God, my system sounds so much better. And wait a second, I used my ears to dial in time alignment. Oh, my God. So I like being able to do all of that. I realized, yeah, number one, stop putting stock into pretty much one person or even anyone. Uh, Number two, realize that there are definitely things out there that you don't know and definitely don't speak on subjects that you don't have firsthand experience with no matter how much you've read about that subject if you haven't had your hands on it i guarantee you you don't have the full story yeah you know and that's what i learned is if you haven't had your hands on it you don't know period and that's proven true in car audio in like the you know, hardware side of things and like the knowledge side of things in other aspects of life. Like if you haven't had your hands on it, you don't know about it. Just right. leave it at that. And that's kind of where 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 I've changed. And also frankly, just calming down a little bit. <laughs> everyone has uh yeah, no, seriously like calming down a little bit. Like everyone has shit going on and, you know, give people some some leeway. Cause now as a small business owner, like, you know, I I now I get yeah maybe there's things that come up that are out of someone's control you know you don't needi- immediately need to be a dick about it I maybe mean, wait I wait five minutes then be a dick about it yeah i don't know <laughs> like if they keep if, if you keep being on hey where's my order hey where's right. my order hey where's and they keep lying about it okay be a dick right but like you know i have plenty of people that have you hey like i didn't get my order yet and i'm like i go into my i'm like wait it says completed and it's like oh shit i forgot to send that one out i am mm-hmm. so sorry Mm-hmm. you know okay. and you know what i'll usually do is i'll make up for it and whether it's sure. i'll send extra product or i'll give them a discount or i'll give them a coupon code for the future or you know but i i do what i can to, to you know alleviate those situations but um and i do absolutely try my best to have like the rock most rock solid customer service possible sure. i don't know where i was going with this but yeah, that's, good. <laughs> that's good that's good yeah. Well then what I have question? a parting question.
2: This is yeah. uh a simple yes or a party no? Party question. A parting parting oh, question. That means we want to get you out of here. Uh oh.
1: <laughs> so yeah, my my cats are actually both staring at me right now, which means I, I, I do have to go soon. They're that means they angry. want to eat you. Yes. Uh, well so, yeah, they do want to eat, but it's two hours early, buddy. You gotta go away. No, no, no. I said they want to eat, eat they want to eat you. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Anyways,
2: S- simple yes or no. But then why or why not? Um, does dynamic EQ have a place in an SQ system?
1: Can I qualify that question? First? No,
2: no, no,
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, are you can we, ask are for we clarification. Well, I, that's what I mean. So, okay, so that's no, no, no. So, that, uh, does this involve? Does this no. involve OEM integration or no? No. So let's say you're starting Just with assuming a perfect, a, a, perfect a,
2: a aftermarket source unit that has a good, clean s- signal. Is um, there is there a reason to use dynamic EQ in an SQ vehicle, or or is there not?
1: You know, I've never really thought about it, but my initial reaction is, sure, why not? You know, okay. we do have we do have um, the equal loudness contour. Uh, that's built into our brains as, you know, as volume goes up, our brain perceives sound a little different. So like, maybe why not? And it might not be technically correct, but it could be more enjoyable. Um, I've gotten recently towards the... Actually, no, I can't. I can't say that. I was going to say I've recently st- strayed away from technically correct, but I actually still freakishly obsess over correct imaging and soundstage. So I can't really say that. But um, I do... Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like I unhealthily obsess over how perfect well, like center images. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that as, well. um, yes, but, um, you know, I have allowed myself to mess around with tonality in order to make things more enjoyable for myself. Of course. Uh, so, you know, yeah, sure. You know, why not? Okay. What do you think? What What about you? Um, I don't want
2: to state my opinion on the matter yet because I intend to ask this question for everybody we interview that I happen to be on with. And I just gotcha. want to kind of have it a, a season long question that we start and
1: just now, kind of get the the, like, get the thoughts turning, I guess. If this was a if this was like a competition car, like if I'm in if I'm about to get judged. No, I'm not using dynamic EQ. Uh, I'm not going to do that because the rules state we're going to judge at a certain volume and we can just target our system for that volume. Um, oh, great. Now my cats are fighting each other. Okay. Well, but you know, they don't really do that. Let's be real. Well, I, there
2: are linearity tests involved in SQ judging where it's a lower level, a medium level, and a Actually, high oh, level. Oh, yeah, there is. So, so
1: um yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, just... So, you know what? Then, yeah, you know what? Screw it. Fuck it. I'll use Dynamic EQ. <laughs> okay. um Cool. The processor I use, they recently came out with Dynamic EQ. Uh, I didn't really play with it yet, but you know what? You've kind of inspired me to go mess with it a little bit. And
2: that that was the point of the question. So
1: perfect. Yeah, I don't know, awesome. Cliff. What about you? Is is Cliff allowed to answer this or no? No, no, not yet. You guys are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right.
1: Just like uh, just like I was saying with Chris Perdue, it's like no, I'm not allowed to tell you how the test went. You're annoying. Come on, just help me. <laughs> 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 uh, Any, like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, sure, I'm sure we will. No, you're fine.
0: I was gonna say, I, I'm, I'm. There's gonna be, there's gonna be repeats here. I'm sure at some point. So, and I, I'm guessing we'll have, uh, we'll we'll have you back on at at some point soon. So, because I'm sure there's more more to discuss um, than what we did today. But is there anything regarding what we discussed today that you wanted to say that maybe you didn't get an opportunity to?
1: Yeah. I guess last parting words are, you know, like I said, I am focusing on Resonix, but I am starting up Apicello AutoSound again, not in the same capacity that I did previously, but I will be offering like custom high-end sound system installation for select projects. So for those that really want like high-end sound system installs, it's something that I'm offering. And if, you know, I'm not going to be doing like, oh, like, yeah, I want to do like, just something basic with maybe a, you know sub and a basic, but I'm not doing that. But like if it's a project that I'm excited about, it, it's something I want to do. You know, Resinix is my main thing now, and it, I I do enough with it to where it's my source of income. But I do want to have fun with car audio again. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's you know? cool.
1: And it, but I'm not going to do it for free. So. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so Apicella Auto Sound is going to be doing its thing as soon as I get my property back that is but it's looking like that's going to be very 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 soon cool but like I said I'm not allowed to talk about that yet right. or else my lawyer's going to come over here and suplex me but whatever <laughs> got,
0: it. <laughs> got it well we appreciate you taking the time and uh we'll chat soon
1: yeah also thank you to you guys you know it's uh you know when I first started Episcala Auto Sound years ago, you know, I think you started these podcasts around the same time. Yep, and it was really cool because I never really met any of these people. I never really knew their stories at all. And as someone who was really new to it, you know, I listened to your podcast all the time back back then. Awesome. And I just want to say thank you for, you know, doing what you guys do. Clearly, you know, it's not like anyone's actually, no, no, people are paying you because I paid that advertise on four <laughs> of these. So I was going to say thank you for doing this for free, but I just realized that's not true. Well, up until now we <laughs> did, but you did, you did, but no, like, thank you guys for doing this. But, you know.
0: but but like, but like you, there has to be some incentive to do something and some, uh,
1: yeah, or else you fall des- out of
0: it. Desire for it to be high quality and consistent. Cause that's really what builds the audience and gets everybody engaged and if you don't Exactly have, and it
1: allows you you know having some oh, sort of incentive where you know it allows you oh cool we can buy that new microphone or we can right. buy that new software to where we can make this podcast better. But uh yeah no I just wanted to say thank you to both of you. Um awesome. I'm looking forward to what you guys do with this and I'm looking forward to more of your podcasts. You know it's really cool that you're doing it again. Awesome. I appreciate it. And I'm sure that. everyone would agree with that. So awesome. yeah. All right. We'll chat soon. All right. I'll talk to you guys.